0: In episode 2, we're calling this podcast Uska Cierde. Uska Cierde in Tuvan means uh, in a foreign land. And come the uh, 13th of June, uh, that's where I'm going to be. God willing, I'll be meeting with the brain trust of uh, some of our admins from the Facebook group about 4 p.m. at Coffee Man in Kazil for kind of our first meeting. My name is Damon Postal. This is the Oska Cherde podcast in a foreign land. And here's just a couple quick updates from the week. Uh, My paperwork has all been mailed up to Washington, D.C. So we'll get that uh, humanitarian visa processed. Um, When you go to Russia, no matter how you go, you do need a visa and a letter of invitation. Um... For tourism, you can just go as a standard tourist, although because I'm going as an academic, I needed a special cultural humanitarian visa. Uh, So uh, very much uh, uh, thanks to Dr. Valentina Suzuki and her institute for uh, putting that invitation together for me. So I've been thinking about the conversation I had with my bank last week and uh, them saying, hey, Tuva's not a real place. And then I thought, well, you know, I tell so many people about Tuva all the time, I may as well get it down um, in just a little bit of audio. So Tuva, yeah, it's a real place, that's for sure. It is in Siberia uh, within the Russian Federation. So Tuva is a state uh, of the Russian Federation, much like Georgia, where I'm recording this, uh, coming to you almost live from the state of Georgia here in Athens, is a part of the United States. Uh, Tuva is about the size and actually same shape as New York State. But the population is only 300,000 people. Uh, so as you can imagine, uh, the population density is much, is much much less. So you get out uh, past Kazil, and um, there are definitely some wide open spaces, Kazil being the capital of, of Tuva. So um, about 120, 130,000 people live in the capital city or so I've read in the, in the most recent census data. So it's just a little bit under half the population of Tuva lives in the capital city. So you'll notice I've got just a little bit of a frog in my throat. And that is just because um, I went to the UGA travel clinic this week and got some inoculations. One of them uh, was typhoid fever. And uh, yeah, and that made the cold I have much worse. So that explains uh, the sniffles that you're hearing today. But like we talked about last week, um, Tuva is its own place. Uh, We're focusing really just on Tuvan vocal music, Tuvan instrumental music. Uh, The the Tuvan language is Turkic-based. It's not a Slavic language uh, like Russian. So it's a completely different language. Um, It's its own unique culture, own unique people. Genetically speaking, something that's quite interesting about the Tuvan people is that they are closely uh, genetically related to Native American tribes here in North America, uh, which is some of the evidence that scientists use uh, to point towards migration of the human species. So I think that's important for us to know as well. A Couple other things I, I think people should know about Tuva. Uh, and as we progress, we'll learn more. But in this real place, uh, the, dom- the two dominant religions are Buddhism And shamanism, uh, shamanism being related to the relationship with the natural worlds, And there's not a great way of explaining it, but you can look up shamanism online if you'd like to. Uh, It's very interesting. There is some orthodox Christianity uh, in Tuva, but um, the predominant two religions are Buddhism and shamanism. You know, it's funny, people always ask me, or I tell them I come into Siberia, And uh, they say, oh, you better pack a jacket. Well, yeah, the climate is an important part of Tuva. And in the winter, yes, it does get very, very cold there. Um, It can get in excess of, of Fahrenheit 50 below zero. But on the other hand, in the summers, it gets to be up into the uh, it can be up into the triple digits up over hundred degrees Fahrenheit so definitely there are four seasons in Tuva it's not cold all the time and this summer when I get there it should be pretty moderate so I'm hoping it'll be in in pretty much the 70s or 80s uh, every day uh, and maybe at nighttime it'll be okay to put on a jacket but um, it, the climate is actually uh, it's quite nice there in the summer. So definitely um, in the later months, in the late, later in July, I am looking forward to going for a swim maybe in Hadin, the lake down there at Toes Hole, or maybe even uh, jumping in the Yenisei River. Getting to Tuva is a bit of an adventure in and of itself. Um, there is an airport in Kazil, but it doesn't necessarily have weekly or daily, daily flights. The, really the quickest way is to fly to Moscow, and then uh, from there, catch the next overnight flight to Abakan in the Republic of Khakasia, and then from there, it's a simple about six hours in the car down the road uh, to Tuva. But you do stop half the way uh, at a truck stop called Tanza Bay, and the uh, the barbecue there, the Shashlik, the barbecue is really really excellent, and uh, I highly recommend it. So that's kind of the, that's the that's the best way to get to Tuva really, on the travels. So I think that's going to about do it for today. But uh, thanks for listening, and I'm glad that you have uh, learned maybe a little thing or two about Tuva, if you're not too familiar. And uh, yeah, so tomorrow I'm headed up to New York City for a few days. Um, I'm hoping to record a podcast uh, with two gentlemen I'll be traveling with to Tuva here in just a few weeks. Uh, Michael Klein, who last summer became a cultural ambassador to the United States from Tuva, and Robert McLaughlin, uh, who is a great singer and musician, uh, we performed together with one other gentleman, Mike Howler, in a band called The Three Lost Americans, performing uh, kind of a mashup of both Tuvan and American folk music. So, until next time, I am Damon Postal. Thanks for listening to the Puska Cerde podcast in a foreign land. Shoo.